Hello and welcome to Naked and a Little Bit Afraid with Mel and Kay. Join us as we peel back the layers into a space of vulnerability, unfiltered, unscripted, 100% us, fully clothed. Woohoo! And today we have a very special guest, but I might be biased um, because he is my brother. And um, yeah, I'm very excited to have him on here. So welcome. Hi. That is Jared. <laughs> I am Jared. <laughs> so uh, this this episode has been like a long time coming because yesterday was 420. And if you dabble in the devil's lettuce, you know exactly what that is. <laughs> you want to explain it, Jared? <laughs> yeah, Jared, you just take it away. Uh, 420 is the day when lots of stoners like to celebrate smoking weed for whatever reason. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Do you know? Is there like I am as to green be completely as completely honest? I've heard different things about different like there's different reasons and whatnot, but uh I honestly I just I don't really know. No, just like a, a day where everyone gets together and gets as high as possible. Okay. I'm gonna research this while we're chatting because now I'm curious. But uh my friend, she works, uh, she does all the menu boards for like dispensaries mm. around she's like it was, it was a very busy week for her. <laughs> very busy. Up. It's like a pregame. Yeah. No, and now it's done. Yeah. Jared, I have a question for you. Let's let's dive into the whole weed aspect first. Mm-hmm. It, for someone that has never smoked weed or done the cannabis, um, what would you suggest to them? Well, first things first is you always start low and go slow, you know? Very good thing to think about is just having a low THC and uh, starting very, very low amounts because you can always smoke more, you can always eat more, but you can never reverse the effects, you know, so you don't want to overdo it your first time. It's never too fun. How was your first time? My first time was, (laughs) (laughs) it was uh, very iconic, I feel like. Uh, the people I was smoking weed with, we smoked a joint out in the bushes and they convinced me to eat the rochi, like the little, the little end piece of the the joint <laughs> uh, to get me extra, extra high. So like I ate it, like I was chewing on it and then I swallowed it. And my one buddy was like, oh my God, you didn't swallow it, did you? And I was like, yeah, like, what are you, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, well, you can't swallow it. You're going to get way too high now. And I started like freaking out a little bit, but it was all fun. <laughs> I didn't get too high. <laughs> I know someone who like it was you, wasn't it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. I, so fun fact about me. Um literally the first time I ever did anything would have been well, when did Ryan and I go to BAM? Like two months ago. I just I grew up, I played baseball and we weren't allowed to do anything. And then just I don't know, I just never had the desire. I was like, dude, I think you would benefit greatly from it. <laughs> and on my first, I, I had an edible of uh, the peanut butter cups. Mm. Oh my word, people. Like just the taste alone was delicious, but it didn't really do anything for me. I don't know how much it was, but. Did you get it from the store? Yeah. Yeah. So everything from the store is 10 milligrams or under per package. Okay. That's another very inconvenient thing about like the Alberta laws. Okay. Um, but if you uh, go online or you find a different source, you can always find the more higher milligram ones. Okay. Yeah. Cause Ryan crushed a whole bunch and he was having a great time. <laughs> and I, I'm also a very like, 
type A. Just got to take it, take it easy. And mm. then I did one. Then I did two. I think I ended up doing three, but I didn't really like. I don't know. Was normal. there was there four in a pack? Yes. Yeah. So they would have been two point five milligrams each. Oh, so yeah, but exactly. with her first time being. Well, it, it really depends on the person too. Like some people, even people who've been smoking for years and years and years, are like, "Oh, like I'm a chronic, I can handle it." They do edibles for the first time, and they're like overwhelmingly high. You know? Yeah. Just because like your system, like it just it takes it differently than when you smoke. Right. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it didn't really do much. And then uh, someone brought over. I did not know this was a thing. Pop. Oh, yes. I had the grape. Blech. Oh, gross. Yeah. Disgusting. There's a root beer one by a brand called XMG. Yeah. It's root beer drink and it's really, really good. Same with okay. their cream soda. Okay. Anyways, an again, I didn't drink the whole thing because it was so gross, but I didn't really feel anything again maybe i have a really high metabolism and i just need to like smuck a whole bunch of cups <laughs> <laughs> maybe you need to smoke it instead of eat it mm, yeah Actually, i did that's for your lungs so <laughs> um when i had a lot of letter when was it in 2020 anyways there were some health issues and i was very anxious so ryan was like just try like the cbd like the pills um i did not li- i could not open my eyes i hmm. took a cbd and i like my eyes wouldn't open I was awake. I just couldn't open my eyes. Same thing happens when I drink. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The very first time that I smoked weed was at my uh, friend's house. I'm not going to mention any names, but her, her, her parents were like pretty straight laced and I had a lot of respect for them. So I'm not really sure why I was smoking weed in their backyard. But anyways, um, these guys came over and they're like, Kaylin, you should smoke some weed. I'm like, obviously I should. So um, I did a, uh, I did it out of a bong and I felt like the earth was trying to swallow me whole. Like I could not get off the ground. And then eventually I did get off the ground and I stumbled to my friend's garden and I took this thing and I thought it was an apple and everyone's like, Karen, don't eat that. I'm like, I love this. And they're like, no, you don't. And I took a bite of an onion, a raw onion out of the garden. And then I threw up and then I lost my nose ring (laughs) and I went to bed. (laughs) Great experience. (laughs) 10 out of 10. And this is also too partly and Ryan kind of like thinks I'm ridiculous, but working in the hospital, I've seen a couple people come in who have like had bad goes. I don't know the whole story behind, but with me and so that also paranoids me or I'm paranoid about that because small children so that's slightly to and I'm a I'm by nature an anxious person so mm. in my head I was like oh if that happens to me like I can't have anyone around that's slightly yeah that's the fun thing about cannabis it's like it's something that can like completely wreck your whole entire day like you can get like so high but it's also natural in the sense where like no one's ever overdosed from weed. Like no one's yeah. ever died from cannabis, you know? So like, even if you do get way too high, you always just got to remind yourself like in a couple hours, you'll be back to normal and everything will be fine. Just eat a bunch of sugary snacks and try to enjoy yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Cause yeah, like I said, I've never until 35 years old, but it's nothing. I've never had anything against it. I think it's great. In fact, uh, like 
think it should be prescribed more often in certain scenarios in the healthcare facility other than other things. But yeah. Anyways, I've dabbled and I'm very intrigued because either time nothing happened. So yeah. Uh, I'll, you'll just have to spend a day with Jerry Smokes over here. (laughs) 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 He'll, he'll get you right as rain. (laughs) Yeah. I got, I definitely do have edibles that would do the trick for you. Okay. Yeah. All right, folks. Is it this? We could do another live. <laughs> oh, gosh, I don't know. Unscripted, unfiltered. That'd be pretty terrifying. <laughs> yeah. You would just be like munching in the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I'd basically be like I am now, eating all the time and lose my train of thought frequently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe it would help you focus. You never know. <laughs> Maybe just be on. Yeah. Do you have any questions for Jared about the? devil's lettuce like how often you say you smoke a lot you said you smoke a lot I do uh in a sense I do smoke every day yeah but like on like let's just say like days that I work like I'm not smoking before shifts or anything like that yeah I'm more of like a bedtime smoker you know do you do it for like is it part enjoyment? It is a part like it helps you sleep like or is it a multifactorial thing? Uh, it's mainly enjoyment for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then like it does help me sleep too. I feel like on nights like when I don't smoke weed, like I definitely do have a it takes me longer to fall asleep in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like in senses like when you do use it as like a daily thing, it becomes an aid for sleep. So like when you're not using it, it's almost it's like that, you know? Yeah. So a negative thing in a sense right you can't really have a good night's sleep unless you're really high yeah <laughs> and like you say enjoyment what do you enjoy because I know it's different for every like what do you find uh, enjoyment in? just getting stoned in general I guess yeah and uh, the smoking aspect's really fun for me like I uh I smoke bongs like I take mm-hmm. bong rips yeah and I'd like to just take real big fat bong rips and watch the clouds just roll out you know like that's like that's my thing yeah yeah I could just yeah. crush big fat bong rips <laughs> claim to new, I'm learning learning new lingo yeah on, on your tombstone <laughs> crush the biggest baddest bong rips Jerry smokes, Jerry smokes. <laughs> signing off yeah <laughs> mic drop R.I.P. <laughs> oh my gosh it's getting morbid <laughs> that's how we roll oh man we got some dark sense of humors over here um mm -hmm. so kaylin Mm -hmm. then how often do you uh well (laughs) did you like that face um i have not smoked weed in a very long time and i'm sad about it um so um you know, I was like, I I wasn't against it, but I was against it for myself just because I was just like, oh, you know, I just don't need um, to, to smoke weed. And then Jared just kept on working at all these friggin' dispensaries and hooking me up. He's like, come on, you're going to like it. And I'm like, <laughs> this is peer pressure, but I'll totally go for it. <laughs> and so then I just started doing some edibles and I really loved um uh the body high and you know I'm I uh my mind is super duper overactive all the time so it was nice to just be able to chill out and just 
feel how I felt in my body. And um, yeah, it was good. So anyways, uh, once in a blue moon, um, I dabble in the weed and uh, I prefer edibles. I just don't like smoking things because I enjoy breathing. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Just my own personal preference. And was it you who told me that if you're drinking, if you have a heck of a night drinking and you can't open oh. your eyes and then you smoke a joint before bed, you're not hung over in the morning. Is that you who told me that? Yes. hundred percent. I have had the worst hangovers my entire life. It's actually been very unfair. Like I never had that teenager, like, woo, I can party like a rock star. I've just always been like, I don't think my body likes alcohol. And so like, I'm a 3 PM kind of puker, you know, you wake up, you try to get on with your day and then at 3 PM just hits you. But what I have found is, yeah, if I smoke weed after a night of drinking, when I wake up in the morning, I'm feeling pretty good. And maybe that's because then I get the munchies and fill my body with a bunch of food that soaks up the alcohol. (laughs) Not sure. but (laughs) Yeah, there's a... The old saying that Dustin, our mother's boyfriend, used to say, like the next morning after drinking, he'd go to smoke a joint and he'd say, it's going to do one of two things. You're either going to puke and you're going to feel great or you're going to puke and then uh, just like get on with your day kind of thing. You know, like it's just going to it's going to do one of the other. Yep. I don't think I do a wake and bake. (laughs) After if you're really, really hungover and you just got nothing to do that day, like that's. It's a way of feeling something other than the hangover. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, this is like, it's so cool to talk about this and piggyback it off of the last episode, because I think Mm. society has made this so black and white. It's good or bad, but there's just like anything in life that, yeah. Oh, hold on. We got a play date going on in the background again. Yeah. Just keep playing. You're doing great. (laughs) But like with anything that we ingest, Mm -hmm. there's like a, a, everyone's going to metabolize and it's going to have different effects on people. For Christ's sakes, I have a friend who takes a Tylenol and she crashes like, right. And I just wish that there'd be more discussion. And I mean, there is more discussion now coming around it, but with weed and the benefits that it can have. And like you said, what dose to take, what to take for this person, what to do if you want to, hey, you want to sleep, this is what you want to take. Oh, you have pain, this is what you want to take. Like, there's just so many modalities it can be used for. And I'm glad that there is a discussion around it now. And it's not Mm -hmm. so black and white. Mm -hmm. I I agree. And yeah, it's going to hit everyone differently. It's going to, some people it's going to be for them and some people it's not, but that's okay. 100%. And I'm really excited that this podcast followed our last up our last episode this episode followed our last episode because um I was actually telling Jared about our last episode and about how like um you know he brings two very controversial topics to the table and I'm just so excited that we can openly discuss it and know that people feel differently about different things but we can still talk about it exactly you can be listening to this episode and be like, I am never putting that in my body. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I respect you. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. do you. Yeah. Boop. But you also don't need to judge people that do choose to put it in their body. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's their body. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Anyways. Any other 
No, that was, that was so okay. You worked at dispensaries. Sorry. You worked at dispensaries. This is yes. how. Okay. Yes. He was a drug dealer. My main passion in life is sales. Like I do love sales. So working at the weed store, it makes two things that I love together, but it just wasn't doing it personally for me because it's like, you know, just a, an hourly type job in that sense. Mm-hmm. Right. So I moved away from the weed stores and then I got a, a real sales job and then ended up not liking that either. And then um, finding a job at a lovely, lovely, lovely place called Spec Savers. Um, I now sell. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to Spec Savers. Please sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, they like uh, best job I've ever had in my life. Spec so what Savers. is? And the London Dairy Mall there in Edmonton. What is it? Uh, we, uh, it's like just an eye clinic. So we uh, we do oh. eye tests. We uh, we have a doctor there that does eye tests. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we sell glasses. My main job is to sell the glasses and do the eye tests. I really like your glasses. Thank you. Yeah, they're uh, they're uh, a trial kind of see how I like them, but I think they're my everyday's now. They're trendy. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I don't. They know also any. transition in the sun, so oh, when I go outside, yeah. they go brown. Mm-hmm. Avery loves a good pair of transition lenses. She has mm-hmm. a couple. She loves them. Yeah. Glasses are expensive, so I'm assuming your company saves. So so <laughs> so good. We have a everyday deal: the buy one get one free, starting at one forty nine. So all of our frames in the store are buy one get the second pair for free, one forty nine and up. Yeah, if you're single, yeah, and in single vision, your lenses are included in that price there. So potentially you could get like you could get a pair of sunglasses prescription, pair of regular glasses prescription, all together one fifty, with the coatings thirty bucks. Like like that's crazy. I like I remember the first time I had to get glasses, and I was like, oh yeah, like I love these frames. I checked out the frames. I'm like, oh, that's not bad. And then they're like, okay, nine hundred dollars. You're like, for one pair, right? What? It's wild. (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, on to glasses. You never know what you're going to get here on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to dispensaries. What I do really like is uh, the first time I ever walked into one wasn't BAM. So a couple months ago, but they're really knowledgeable. They're not pushy. And they just like, they just want to give you the best experience. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's one of those things. If you're sitting on the fence, like, well, I would like to try it, but I just don't know. Honestly, I was thoroughly impressed mm. with just the whole, like, um, I guess you could say journey through from entering the door and then through mm-hmm. and just very interesting and to see their interaction and they're so knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. We yeah. literally just left a dispensary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to go check out the can of cabana here in Toronto. Oh, yeah. And how did it meet your huge like way bigger than the ones in Edmonton that's for sure um and just different brands like so many different licensed brands and like just things that I've never I never even knew existed yeah so I gotta try a couple new things and Mm. so do you drink um like very rarely but yeah because I know a lot of people like it's kind of it's not that they but it's one or the like they kind of they prefer to get high over drinking Mm. just because the morning is 10 times better and the way the way that I am is like I smoke weed like basically every day regardless so like if I happen to drink that day like I'm gonna be smoking weed too yeah (laughs) it's like I always like if I am drinking I'm smoking but if you have a choice if I'm like yo here's an alcoholic beverage 
or you want to do a quick bong rip. <laughs> I'd take the bong rip any day. <laughs> bong <laughs> rip. Bong rip. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just want to touch on the thing that Mel brought up is the dispensaries. Like, I think that, you know, coming from a small town when we first got our dispensaries, I was like, there's no way I can be caught going in there. Like, and there's so much shame wrapped around mm. it. But I walked into the one in Settler and it's literally like an Apple store. Like it was just so clean and pretty. And I'm like, wow, this is just so aesthetically pleasing. And I think it's in our brain. Like it's like marijuana is a drug. So everything's going to be sketchy. And it's really not like they've done a great job of regulating it and um, making it nice. And yeah, Jared's super knowledgeable. Mm from all of your experience in the weed store well to be completely honest like I never really like learned a lot from working there I just from trial and error <laughs> prior years of use and whatnot yes yeah yeah they don't really teach you much like working there or like getting your like cell safe you don't like it's very easy yeah. it's basically just getting your pro serve online the exact same thing but for weed and I think though people who and this is just a guess or whatever but who go and work in dispensaries, I, I believe they're knowledgeable because they do their own research because they do have a passion behind. Mm -hmm. They enjoy it, but they also have a passion to bring it to the mainstream and bring it to the forefront of our discussions and make it something that's socially normal. Like it, people find it socially normal to go and have drinks, five drinks. Mm -hmm. Like let's maybe, I think that's where the passion lies. So they really do their own research. They've trial and error things and they're trying to normalize this discussion and the thought of using it in your life, however you see. Totally. Yeah. All right. Ready to get in the nitty gritty? Do it. <laughs> Jared, are you ready? Sure. That, that laugh didn't sound convincing. <laughs> uh, what are we doing here? I don't know. I don't know. Kaylin said that and I just agree. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Jared, I would really, if you're willing, like you to take us through the journey of coming out. Oh gosh. Well, I grew up in a very small town, Stetler, Alberta. Shout <laughs> Not out. naming any names. Yeah, shout out. Yes. That's that huge compared what? to where I grew up. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was it was difficult in its own ways but it was also very good because I had a very like close group of friends that like really didn't give a fuck at the end of the day you know but there were certain people like you know like it's like a very small like farming community in a sense where like everyone's just got their own controversial thoughts and like the way their conservative thoughts or whatever right so there was obviously bullies, but I was also a very big guy, you know, so a lot of that shit was like, you know, you hear about it, but you don't really like see it, you know, so mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, a lot of shame growing up, like not wanting to be gay in a sense, like, you know, because like you want to be like everyone else, like kind of normal or whatever, but. Uh, do you feel like you like, do you feel like you like shoved it down fought it oh yeah definitely for like the first little bit at least but then I don't know I'm a very outspoken like I just kind of I am who I am kind of guy and like there was just a point where I was just like I just I don't I didn't really give a fuck you know mm -hmm. just wanted to be who I was 
Okay, so question, um, because I think that like when you were growing up, nobody really talked about being gay. So like, mm-hmm. um, when did you know? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Well, like just forever, honestly. I remember like growing up and just like being young and uh like just for example even just like seeing a guy and just like thinking he was attractive and being like what the fuck like that's weird right and then just like trying to like even like force myself to be like oh like girls are hot you know it's just like and I just never really had that thought or that feeling in my head you know so like it was just and that was like really 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 tough like for my brain to understand Mm -hmm. but after accepting it it became just I don't know easier for me so would you say like, were you elementary age? Like, when did you like, when were you cognizant that, Hey, this me thinking girls is hot. Isn't normal for me. It's not my norm in my, like just as early as I can even remember, like yeah. the first thought, like the first sexual thought I ever had, I guess, in a sense of like, you know, just like growing up and just when other guys are like, Oh, boobies. I was just like, Oh, like abs, <laughs> you know? Uh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so did you ever like, do you tend like, see, I just lost my train of thought again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know. Keep going. I'll figure it out again. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it was just, uh, it wasn't really like, I don't want to have like a sob story or anything in that sense. Like it was like difficult or like I was bullied because I really wasn't like, it wasn't like overly hard, but there was a lot of just like different like thoughts, right? Like diff- people had different thoughts and like, it was a very out, just not normal thing. Right. So I, I got a lot of dirty looks from a lot of old people and stuff, you know, like just being who I was or like acting the way that I did, you know, mm-hmm. just, um, but it was whatever at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. When did you come out? Oh, funny story. Uh, I went to a party, a friend's birthday party, when I was very young. Okay, uh, we were doing some Molly <laughs> and all feeling ourselves in the basement. Okay, and I took my one friend aside. We'll 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 call her M. If she listens to this, she'll know who she is. We'll call her M. Uh, I was like, hey, girl, like, I got to tell you something. Like, I took her aside and she looked at me and she, like, looked at me dead in the eyes. And she's like, I know. And I was like, what? And she's like, you're going to tell me you're gay. And I was like, bitch, like, how the fuck did you know? And we had that moment, right? And, like, it was just, like, very, like, heartwarming and, like, welcoming and honest, you know? But then I left the room, like, go outside for a cigarette or something. I don't even remember. But, like, I came back in and everyone's like, oh, congratulations. Like, finally, like, you, like, yeah, like, great. And I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And she had told every single person in that entire fucking party that I decided to come out. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess this is happening, you know? So I just kind of like in that moment, just accepted it, that it was, it was a thing and it happened. Like we were all like, it was a close, close group of friends. Yeah. So How like, old were you? Oh God, probably like 15. And like, it sounds like people knew. Like, did you know? Yeah, no, like, I was, like, I don't know. Like, I never really had, like, girlfriends or anything. But, and, like, I had so many girlfriends. But, like, I didn't have any girlfriends. You know what I mean? Yep. So, like, I was just, like, your very stereotypical gay guy, I guess. Like, I wasn't, like, running around, like, flipping my wrist or anything. But, like, I just, I just, I had a lot of, I had a lot of girlfriends. (laughs) And, like, all my girlfriends kind of knew. Because, like, I never tried to, like, bang or anything, right? Yep. There were no advancements made. Yeah, like I was just a very friendly fella. Yep. Kaylin, yeah. did you know? 
Like, was it a surprise to you or you were like, no, buddy, I knew like, uh, he came out to like, ask like his fam. Oh, he came out to us. Um, like his family, I think around age 16 and I can't like, I can't remember the actual, like, it's not (laughs) like I can go back and remember where we were or anything. I can remember. Well, I don't remember telling you specifically, but I remember telling my mother. Yeah. We'll get into that. (laughs) Me first. So he told me, um, and I was just like, I wasn't shocked, but what happened was I blamed myself for a long time because I, um, cause he's three years younger than me and I always made him play like, you know, dress up and he was always <laughs> surrounded by all my friends. I'm like, oh my God, I did this. This is my fault. And, you know, like we played Barbies and stuff. And then I'm like, ah, I messed him up. I messed him up. And then, um, you know, and it's just like, it's just all because at that point, like we were, we were raised by, I'm just going to say like very homophobic people. So Mm. I can't even imagine the struggle that Jared had, but, um, you know, obviously like I didn't think anything different. I was very proud of him for like living his truest self and all of that stuff. But then I actually had a student, um, a few years later and I was like, yep, this confirms what I believe. Like you are born gay. That's what I believe. And this, this kid, it just like, it just unfolded in front of my eyes. Like here is this five-year-old and, you know, I always believed that Jared was born gay and he, he didn't choose this. Um, but then when I saw this kid, I was like, mm-hmm, all right, all right, <laughs> here we go. Um, okay. You can tell them about well, just even to assume that that kid's gonna grow up gay, though, like no, he could just be a little feminine, you know. I'm not assuming it, <laughs> but like, there's some pretty. I was like, you know what, you do you, and of course, I never said anything, but mm. I just felt it. You had, yeah. I just felt it, and you know what, if he, if he, if he's not, then that's wrong on me for assuming. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the memory that I have, um, it was I was probably about sixteen. I had called Kaylin and some, I don't even remember. Like I was just kind of fed up about, I was fed up about something. I was just like upset and I wanted to tell mom like that I was gay. And I just like, didn't think that she was going to accept it well for some reason. And uh, Kaylin's like, yeah, no, like just keep me on speakerphone, go into her room right now and just fucking tell her, just do it. Like it's mom, like it's Tina, like, let's be real. It's like, okay, whatever. So I went in there, I put her on speakerphone. I was like, mom, I have to tell you something. And like, you're on the phone with Kaylin too. And she's like, okay. So, like, I tell her, and she, for some reason, like, because I have Kaylin on the phone, like, she thought that we were, like, joking with her, like, trying to pull a prank. So, she, like, started laughing, and she's like, oh, ha, 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 like, you're so funny, like, you're gay, ha, ha, and I started crying, <laughs> and then she looked at me, and she's like, oh, fuck, <laughs> she's like, are you serious, though, and she's like, and I was like, yeah, no, like, yeah, and she's like, oh, yeah, like, no, that's fine, I just thought you were fucking with me. <laughs> And it was a very like it was a very relieving moment. Like once I seen like the look in her face, though, where she yeah. was just like, "Oh yeah, no, like you're like you're fine." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be pretty. Yeah, uh, your mom just start laughing in your face. Yeah, but, yeah. like I'm she, being vulnerable here. Yeah, and I was being like serious, and she's like, "Oh, oh yeah, no, sorry." <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, shit. like she thought me and Kaylin were like trying to pull a fast one on her or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I find it interesting. I like how you said this, and maybe you can. T- for those that sit here and be like, you choose, 
It's your choice. Can you kind of shed some light? Well, you know what? Like, I don't believe that it was necessarily my choice of who I'm attracted to. But yeah, in a sense, it is my choice to be a gay man. Like, there are people out there that are born gay that just choose to repress it. That's their choice, in a sense. You know, like, so they're straight because they want to be straight. And that's just who they are. Like, that's their choice. Mm, Right. So like, that's the thing is like, you can still be like deep down inside a gay person, but like, you're straight because you want to be straight. And like, I'm gay because I want to be gay, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm, So like, that's how, like, and like, I wouldn't even want to wish that on my worst enemy though. Cause like, I know there's like thousands of people out there that do do that, but like, I couldn't even imagine like living every single day of my life as a complete lie. And like even having like a family and children and all this shit, like that's just like that's that's a lot, man. Mm-hmm. Like especially in Stetler, shout out to all the fucking married men in Stetler <laughs> okay. that are doing their thing, you know, living their lives. Like that's like that's sad, man. Don't go examining your marriage, though, ladies. Yeah. Vice versa. Yeah. Both ways. But if you may, if you think your husband's gay, he probably is. Just saying. <laughs> no but i've never really thought it but it is a i i like how you put that like it's not your choice on who you're attracted to Mm -hmm. but it is your choice to live into your full self 100 percent. so and and that makes it that puts a spin on it for me because most people are saying like you know, you choose to be attracted. No, I'm choosing to live my whole self, be a whole well-being, body, mind, and soul. This is me. I'm not repressing me. Mm-hmm. Like we preach so often to everyone, like, well, myself, Kaylin, like heterosexual, homosexual, whatever, like whoever you are, just be your true self in all that you are. Mm-hmm. And you have to make the choice to do that. And there's difficulties with both sides. You know what I yeah. mean? Like even like, yeah, like it's not going to be e- like life's just not easy in general. Like mm-hmm. it's just like the the ups and the downs, you know, yeah. just got to live it. Um, waves. <laughs> do you because I feel this is one of the topics that's discussed. All- do you ever being a gay man in like feel unsafe? Do you ever feel like you have a target on your back? Yes and no. Like I, me specifically, like I don't think I'm much of a target because I am a bigger guy in general. Lots of people don't like to start shit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not even saying like I'm a big tough guy, but like and just like it's just in general. Like I just like I don't find a lot of people trying to start stuff. But like a lot of my friends are easy targets in the sense and like lots of douchebag straight dudes like to take them down as easy targets and like that 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 is a a known thing and like that really really pisses me off in a sense that like Mm -hmm. and keyboard warriors too like there's tons of tons of tons Mm -hmm. of people that hide behind their screens and like say what they want to say but then just like flutter away in real life you know and when like your friends are having like these incidences like is it just randomly they're walking down the street and they're like I just yeah like well like there's 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 hate everywhere right so like it's just like my most recent um homophobic adventure uh, me and my boyfriend, we went out for dinner uh to this place that I go to very very regularly like I work in a mall so there's 
you know, I go for lunch with my girly friends, like my little co-workers, you know, very often. And this waitress is super nice to me. She's super nice to my co-workers. Everything is all nice. And then uh, on my day off, I brought my boyfriend there and we were very obviously like together in a sense. And she switched off, like she switched us off to another lady. And like, I could tell it was like a very like, you know, she got like this like sour taste in her mouth when she seen us like together and like holding hands and stuff. And it just like, it kind of pissed me off where I was just like, you know, like, fuck you, you old bitch. But then at the same time, I'm like, you know what? No, that's her living her true self too, right? Like she doesn't understand it and she doesn't need to, you know, she switched us off. She didn't say anything. So like, that's just her living her true self, right? And like, (laughs) every time she walked by us, like she kind of like gave us one of them, but like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. each to their own right mm-hmm. and and I love that you have that perspective too Jared like because you know we all have preferences of what we want to see and what we don't want to see and if she felt uncomfortable serving you then yeah sure don't serve us then. Mm-hmm. that's okay you can tip someone that is willing to serve you mm-hmm. um you know I, and it's hard not to take those things personally but it's it is it's it's also her comfort level and it just sucks though because like I know her as like my regular waitress right like I've been there multiple times like she's so nice she's so funny like she just like always cracks jokes with us like Mm -hmm. she's just I just thought she was a very nice person and then that last experience just kind of ruined it for all of us you know like I'm not going to be able to go in there and get that kind of service from her again which makes me upset but at the same time it's just like it's everyone has their opinions right Mm -hmm. can you talk to me about that um about how you have a friend and you guys have different perspectives oh yes so I have this co-worker she is a very 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 devout Christian and I consider myself a Christian too but we're just on completely different sides of the scale in a sense and like we are like when it comes down to it we are like best friends at work like she is like my ride or die homie okay but like we can have the like we can sit down and have these conversations about like what's right and like what like you know like not even what's right and what's wrong but like just like um her beliefs and my beliefs and like we can have these discussions and then just never ever ever meet in the middle but like just know that like I respect her as a human being and she respects me as a human being you know like she doesn't wish death upon me I don't wish death upon her. Like, we're both Christians. We believe in the same God. Like, everything's, like, you know, I don't know. Like, it's just, and we can sit down and have that conversation. But, like, just to her, like, marriage belongs between a man and a woman. And that's just the way that God intended it to be. Right? But for me, I find so many loopholes in the Bible where that, like, I just, like, I can't not live my true life because of one of these things like one of the things in the bible that tells me not to do you know what i mean like there's tons of things that every single christian does every single day that like contradicts the bible this is just one of my things and like i just i my main belief is just like to live your life as a good person and just try to do the best in that sense right so this makes my heart so happy to hear this conversation after my rant that's (laughs) podcast (laughs) I just love how you can, yeah, you're on opposite spectrums, but you have enough respect for Mm -hmm. each other and for the person that each of you are to sit down, have the conversation, agree to disagree. Hey, I'll Mm -hmm. listen to you. You'll listen to me. Mm -hmm. Maybe something will resonate and maybe not. 
but I still love you. And I do wish you well, and I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I love that too, because like, you know, not saying any names, but there, there are some people in our family Mm -hmm. that, um, it's very unfortunate that, uh, I don't want to speak for you, Jared. So please correct me. Yeah, no, like she'll, she'll preach like at the dinner table kind of thing, you know, and like try to correct me in my ways and tell me that like, I'm not going to be accepted into heaven unless I correct myself and ask for forgiveness. And that fucking irks me. If we're going to be completely Mm -hmm. honest, Mm -hmm. you know, have your own beliefs, have your own things, but don't tell me that I can't have my own Christianity because it doesn't follow your Christianity like that. Just so like, that's like meeting this friend at work really, 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 really lifted my spirits in the sense where she's just like, I respect you as a Christian 110%. Mm-hmm. Are we the same? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And she like, I asked her like, would you come to my wedding one day? No, like she's not into that kind of thing. But does she respect me as a human? Absolutely. Like, are we best friends? Like, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, the, I feel like, mm-hmm. and I don't know her or your conversation, but like, I just always like, even if there's people in this world that I don't jive with, I always wish them well. Mm-hmm. I don't wish ill will on mm-hmm. anyone. Like, well. And that's why I just wish this specific people. family member was more like my work friend in that sense, where like yeah. we could just not meet in the middle, but just respect each other as humans. And I think that like you and your this work friend is you guys are practicing Christianity the way that it is meant to be yes. practiced mm-hmm. because Jesus loves everyone. So with our family member, it's like she's pointing a finger at him, but then we also can list all of the commandments that she's breaking as well. Daily. Like, like there's no like <laughs> no holier thou. Like we all have sins. We all make yeah. decisions, but like Jared's choice to like Jared's decision to live fully in himself, like that that's huge. That's what we all hopefully strive for is to be a hundred percent us. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of cherry picking that goes on and I don't think that it's not what it's there for. No. Like, yeah, I, I don't, I just met you, but I'm very proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> and you make my heart very warm that you made the choice to live into your true self 100% no holds bar mm-hmm. and like to be honest with you like I think my brain is just it's so stubborn that like I just I don't think I could not live my true authentic self like ask Kaylin growing up with me mm-hmm. very very difficult fella yeah like I just like there <laughs> I'm I'll admit it like I am very just the way that I am like it is what it is this is Jared do you think (laughs) like when you say you were a difficult child or like whatever Bella um like do you think part of it it was because you weren't living into or you didn't know at the time what your whole self full self was oh yeah like a lot of my like uh let's say like childhood struggles or problems came from just like being confused as fuck right Mm -hmm. you know and not really knowing what's going on but um yeah like I wouldn't I wouldn't put like my like blame on anyone or any specific thing you know like it's just it's just being being a kid's confusing like you don't know like you're just like none of us really know what's even going on as adults either you know like we're all just kind of doing our thing right but like the more the older you get the more comfortable you get with yourself in a Mm -hmm. sense right Mm -hmm. um 
And we all know that like, you know, I've built a, a business on authenticity. It's like, it's very, um, it's a huge core value of mine and of Mills. And we talk about it all the time, but like, uh, growing up, I was not, um, authentic because I was a full on people pleaser. So like I could go to events and keep the peace and just be like, whoever I needed to be where, I would be like, Jared, get your shit together. Like, just do what they need you to do. Like, let's just keep the peace. Let's just get this over and done with. Like, don't cause waves. And he was like, fuck that. <laughs> and he was just like, you know, he was, he was um, stubborn. He was defiant. He was all of those things, but it was because he was sticking up for himself. And, mm-hmm. and that was something that pissed me off the most about him growing up. But now as I have healed and I have healed those people pleasing tendencies, it is something that I respect the most about him is because he had that authenticity, um, from the beginning. And, and as children, that was, that was punished and that was frowned upon and all of the things. And, he was difficult but really it was just exactly he was being exactly mm-hmm. what he needed to be and who he needed to be and like my main thing too was like never to disrespect anyone like I never was like I don't I never viewed myself as like a disrespectful type child or like you know like to be like rebellious in that sense it was just like I needed fairness like you know mm-hmm. if if you understood the why you would do it mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah well they often say like like don't label children as difficult Mm -hmm. they're not difficult they're steadfast in what they know right and like if you actually as an adult took a step back Mm -hmm. and took a breath you'd Mm -hmm. be like huh that's Mm -hmm. like when Rael doesn't want to do something she ain't doing it Mm -hmm. but I'm not gonna I have done a lot of healing work because I too am a people like a recovering people pleaser. I don't like confrontation takes a lot out of me because I got to prep myself and like pump myself up. But, uh, but when you take that step back and you watch the child, like actually go about, you're like, they're just being their true self. They're not being disrespectful. They don't want to give you a hug. That's that's not disrespectful. Mm -hmm. They just don't want to hug you. That's Mm -hmm. cool. Or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jared, I got a tricky question for you. How would you, okay, I want you to picture this. There's like kids. How would you explain this to a child? Explain what? Yeah, explain what? I'm lost. What are, no. what's, <laughs> you guys can't read my mind yet? No. I feel like you actually can, Jared. Usually, usually we're on like this telepathic creepy shit (laughs) um like being gay how would you explain that to a child well how would you explain being straight to a child exactly but i want you to put it in no exactly like how the fuck would you explain being straight to a child how would you do it i don't know i exactly i just that that's i'm at a loss too it is who you are it is who i am yeah like if for example if like my little sister came up to me and was just like why are you always with your best friend like, or, you know, like, like, like to my boyfriend, right? Like, I'd explain to her, like, oh, no, like, that is my boyfriend. Like, how, like, Kaylin had a boyfriend. Like, I have a boyfriend. Had. had. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, right? And I, I guarantee you, like, with a child, like, they're just like, oh, okay. And, like, that, it is what it is. I don't go into details. I don't go into, like, no. they don't, because they're a fucking kid. Mm-hmm. 
exactly exactly what you would say to your kid about you is what I would like you know like there's nothing more nothing less mm-hmm. well love they get weird because kids like sometimes they like, ask uncomfortable questions you just say that's an inappropriate question and I don't want to answer it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and the only reason I bring it up is because I think it's such a it's such a topic that people fear but exactly that keep it simple yeah mm-hmm. there's just yeah like there's no I don't think you should have any shame about being gay, especially around like children and stuff, because then they grow up with that shame. Like if I could change anything about my childhood, it it would be the shame. Like I wish the fact that I grew up with a gay uncle or someone that was just like, hey, man, like you do you. And once you get older, everything will be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like that would have been so pleasing to hear at a young age, Mm -hmm. you know, just to be like, everything will be fine. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Well, kids, like, do more, keep it, oh, you go. Yeah, like the more like you push it down, or the more you just like, oh, like don't don't let them know you're gay, or like you like you push it down as like a weird thing. Then like they'll grow up like thinking that it's a weird thing, you know, or like even become homophobic in that sense. Like maybe they'll like grow up and like in high school there's a gay kid, and they're just like, oh, like gay people are weird because my parents said that. You know what I mean? Like it's just it becomes like a learned thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think kids too. They're just. I honestly love like sitting and listening to kids about these things or like issues that adults like to complicate. Like love is just love. Like right now we're watching modern family and what is it? Cam and I can't remember, but they have their daughter. Oh, what? Why? I don't get it. So you explain in simple terms. Oh, they're married and they adopted Lily. Okay. Done. That was zero. That was it. They're married. They adopted Lily. Sweet the only explanation she needed she had no other questions yeah Mm -hmm. but we like to complicate everything so no just because we grew up as a it was it was a very taboo thing like even Mm -hmm. me like I can understand it like from both ends where like I wish it wasn't that way but I completely understand why it is that way you know and I just I want to break that as a norm where like Mm -hmm. it's just it shouldn't be a taboo off topic subject like just like even being straight you know like yeah try to explain being straight to someone and you're just like well like, I don't, like how would you even do that like it's just because it's a normal thing like it should just be a normal thing yeah mm-hmm. you're here i concur all right we got some questions from our viewers okay oh, you go mel yeah oh i i because I, I want to hear your take on this one what's <laughs> the best way to ask a man about needing more affection <laughs> your face says i good don't question <laughs> yeah <laughs> um honestly i don't even know just open and just being honest like you just need to be honest with that person and if you have that uncomfortability like if you can't have like a like a conversation with that with your partner and it just feels awkward and weird then maybe it's just not meant to be in a sense you know Mm -hmm. so what you're saying is just say like you should feel comfortable enough with your partner to tell them that they're not like getting in the right ways you know (laughs) if that's the case and if you're not comfortable enough then you need to work on communication Mm -hmm. yeah I think that communication is key and I like how yeah if you're you're not comfortable maybe 
get comfortable. (laughs) That should be, yeah. Like the person that you were planning on or like have committed to spending the rest of your life with, I hope you can talk about everything. Exactly. I hope like if you had a bad poop, you can tell them you had a bad poop. Like, (laughs) like you should be able to talk about anything. Mm -hmm. Kaylin, you were giggling. Why were you giggling? I just his facial expressions just kill me (laughs) and I think I was giggling because like um Jared Jared loves love he loves affection (laughs) so I'm like he's a perfect person to answer this question I've uh, been with my boyfriend now for just over three years he is the love of my life my little dally wally disco sauce um, but we do have communication issues sometimes, you know, so like, that's the thing. And like, that's my main thing is just like always bringing that to attention, like right away. Like as soon as I see, you know, like I bring it up right away just mm-hmm. to make the communication very valid. And that's something that I know that we both respect, like, mm-hmm. and like, I respect it back from him too. Like if, mm-hmm. you know, like if we have any issues or anything, like we just got to communicate it. Like mm-hmm. none of us can read minds, yeah. you know? Yeah. When I think too, sometimes when you're going to ask for more affection, we need to sit back to and evaluate why we're nervous. Is it because we don't think our partner is going to receive? Do we hold shame around it? Then that's why we don't want to say it. Mm-hmm. Why? And it's very vulnerable. And what if you get shut down and all of the things like, you know, it it is that, that trust. And I think, you know, you and you and Dallas have very different communication styles but mm-hmm. you guys and that has been a challenge but you guys have worked through it and and you continue to work on it because it is it is hard communication is hard mm-hmm. um and yeah asking for what you need is hard but um shoving it down and not letting your basic needs being met is even harder like you choose to date someone because you need a you want a partner in life. You don't want more responsibilities. You don't want more people to take care of. Like a partner should be like 50, 50 equal. Let's help each other. Let's do these things. So if you're, if you need your, you need your basic needs met and touch is one of them. So mm-hmm. affection, love. And like Jared said, we're not mind readers. So mm-hmm. let them know. And like, I know like me and Dallas just both know our specific things. Like, for example, like I need praise like I need him to be like hey like you're doing so good like keep it going you know and like for him like he needs like physical touch and like affection and stuff like I know that like if he's sitting on his computer or whatever if I come up and just give him a little back rub like that's like that's the golden ticket right there you know like that's like me showing him that like and that's just love in its purest form you know and then him just being like hey like I noticed you did really good there like you're doing so good at work right now and like all those bonuses coming in like just like you know like we just we know how to like lift each other up in that sense yeah. and it's very 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 important to know how to lift your partner up and yeah. do those things the love language yeah love languages mm-hmm. I tap Ryan on the butt sometimes just because I know he likes physical touch and affection <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> little butt smack little butt smack <laughs> all right anything else on that nope okay next one how did your parents marriage impact you and since you're siblings I'll ask <laughs> both of you that question oh, <laughs> how did your parents marriage impact you 
Take it away, Jared. Well, our parents got divorced at a pretty young age for me. So from what I remember, it was just a very early example of toxicity, you know? Like, it was very, very, very bad in that sense where they just fought often. And I'm very happy that I didn't have to grow up thinking that that was, like, a normal, normal thing. You know, like, I have memory of it, but I don't, like, remember it as, like, my childhood in a sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm just very, very grateful that, like, everything happens for a reason in a sense. And then they they realized that they weren't meant for each other. And then that, like, staying together would save the family and, like, make us better. Like, no. Like, we... I truly do believe that that marriage was not meant to be in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So they got a divorce when I was eight. So I do remember quite a bit, actually. And uh, yeah, very toxic. And um, I think it honestly has, as much as I want to say it hasn't impacted me, it, it really has. Um, I It's opened my eyes to marriage. Like I've dated a few guys now that are like, they only got the sunshine and rainbow version of marriage. And they're like, you know, like, let's rush into it and let's do all of these things. And I'm like, pump the brakes. Like, no, <laughs> you know, so it's made me more logical and it made me see the other side of things. Um, I've heard a lot of times, you know, people stay together for the children. And um, the day that my parents got a divorce was the best day of my life. And I can hands out, hands down say that, like, not really because I woke up and it was a shit show and my dad burnt my toast. And then I had to go to my Catholic school and color all of the animals that went into the yard two by two. It was stupid. But anyway, <laughs> and then that, that I had that religious aspect to it too. Like, are my parents going to hell because they got a divorce? Like I was worried about them. Anyways, that was a side tangent. Um, but I get to see them both be happy and um we don't have to be around that toxic shit anymore so that is exciting um and yeah i i think that it's absolutely ridiculous in my opinion to stay together for your children don't do it do not do it um do them a favor and get a divorce as I soon as possible your side tangent though was really good because you said it was the best day in your life of your life. But as a parent, all we think about is all the bad, like the burnt toast, the sending Mm -hmm. you off to school, having to tell people, Mm -hmm. but even though you went through all of that and you said it really wasn't a great day, Mm -hmm. it still was the best day for you in both of your lives. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think that's really important because you hear so many people we're not separating because of the kids or we would never because Mm -hmm. of the kids. And I've always stood and I'm, I, my parents are still together. Like I don't, but I just think as a parent, I don't want my children thinking that an unhappy marriage or relationship is norm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that as a parent, 99% of parents, just literally all they want is their children to be happy. Mm -hmm. So then why don't you give them that example? Like our parents were miserable they were miserable um and you know they got a divorce our worlds turned upside down but the right side up 
you know, we were living between three houses, but you know what, at the end of the day, we got five Christmases out of it. So whatever, you know, like, (laughs) and there was, there was good times and there were shitty times, but I, I would take the shitty times over feeling that disgusting, heavy house every day. Well, that's the thing. Kids are so, even if you say to yourself, we're going to hide it, we won't do anything. Kids are stinking smart. They will pick that shit up. They will do it. They can feel it. Right. And so, yeah, I really liked how you said it was the best day, even though it was a poopy Mm -hmm. day. Um, Are either of you scared of marriage because of (laughs) divorce? Because I know some children uh, from divorced parents are scared of marriage or what are your feelings and thoughts around that? Not scared, but cautious. Like Kaylin said, like there's a lot of people that like have that just beautiful picture of marriage in their head. So they rush into it, but then they'll get that shock and realization that like, unless you find the right person, that marriage isn't going to be everything like roses and rainbows, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, it makes me more cautious in the sense that like, for example, like, even though I've been with Dallas for three years and he's the love of my life, like we're not rushing into marriage anytime soon. You know what I mean? Like we have something really good right now. And I feel like if that ends in marriage one day, like that's super cool and unique, but like the cautious thing, right? Like you just want to not rush into anything to ruin anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with Jared. I like that. Like not, not scared, but cautious. I love that. Um, You know, I don't know what I am. I... I go in and out. Like, if you look up the statistics, like the divorce rate, it's not promising. That's not a promising future <laughs> if you're a statistic person. Um, but I just choose to trust that, you know, um, I will find the right person and it will feel easy and I won't be scared of marriage. Like, you know, right now, if someone were to put, propose to me, obviously I'd kick them in the face because I'm not with anyone and that'd just be weird. <laughs> but, you know, if I if I felt um, like a true partnership and like the more healing that I have done and stuff, like I feel like we're almost there. My soulmate is almost done therapy, hopefully, and we're, we're ready to go. Um, I will get married one day, I think, probably, but... Um, yeah, at the same time, not in a rush, obviously. <laughs> Sweet. Perfect answers. Yeah. Do you have any other questions for Jared? What's it like being a sibling? Oh. I really, like, want to know. Because I know Kaylin. <laughs> truthfully, growing up, we fucking hated each other like deeply like we had a love like we had like you know we had each other's backs for sure always have always will but growing up together fucking sucked in that sense that like there was just so much going on and so much shit and so much drama that we didn't really have time to be good siblings but growing up like as adults and like putting all that shit aside like 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 Kaylin said like after she realized how to just like be like you know what fuck everyone else's opinions and feelings like just I'm gonna do me we became literally best friends. Like she is not only my sister, but probably my best friend. Yeah. Like one of them at least, you know? And like, we do, we have that connection in that sense where like, we can just like, you know, talk about the shit, 
mm-hmm. and like really get over it like together you know yeah. and like she we grew up together and like she knows me better than like anyone in that sense too so like it's very unique mm-hmm. to like have a friend like that mm-hmm. and like yeah I 100% what Jared said and I think like you know I always felt so responsible for him and that that has nothing to do with Jared but it was just like we didn't yeah I just felt like I was responsible for him I needed to take care of him I'm his older sister you know like I really took on that mother role um and so and then also being a people pleaser on that on top of it I just didn't understand like why can't you just get your shit together and like just get your shit together and not make me look bad basically and that's that's so fucked up to say out loud but like that I think that that was really hurtful for our relationship and then well you just you gave way too much of a fuck what people thought 100 yeah. percent. yeah and so now um yeah we are extremely close like it just actually gets me a little teary thinking about <laughs> it because it's like I don't know how you go from like wanting to throw someone through a fucking wall to like wanting to jump in front of a bus for them you know mm-hmm. <laughs> it's quite the quite the quite the situation like we we lived together for a little bit and now thought <laughs> that was the worst mm-hmm. time of my life I moved in with Kaylin and one of her long-term boyfriends let's just say and that was a roller coaster because yeah. she was going through her just becoming a life coach era (laughs) and you're very interested in my mental health and all that fun stuff and I was not interested in my own mental health let alone letting her analyze me Mm -hmm. and it was just fucking toxic for like us to be living together at that time was just not good but uh after like overcoming all that like amazing I was not on my life coaching journey I was an educational assistant and I knew how the child's brain worked and I felt like I could fix you (laughs) and we cannot fix anyone because did Jared want to be fixed no did he need to be fixed no like it was his journey but again that like mothering role came in and I was just like nope you're going through a shit storm. You're going to move in with me. I'm going to take care of you and you're going to do everything and everything will be fine. And it wasn't it. I, I think that's like an oldest child thing too, because mm-hmm. I, I think I can fix people. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say I, sh- I used to think I could fix people. I can fix your problem. That's why I got in some relationships too. You know, you're like, Oh, I can fix you. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. But yeah, we have been on quite the journey, but like, yeah, I probably wouldn't trade him for anyone. So Mm -hmm. that's helpful. Handy. Um, He's pretty cool. He's a pretty cool guy. And I just met you. I really like you. Let's hang out again. (laughs) Maybe in person. Yeah. (laughs) So he can get you high. (laughs) Yeah. So moral of the story, I'm a pretty awesome sibling. Hey, Jared. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> I'll send you send you the link to my to my uh hookup. There's really there's really, really good Canadian website that has the best THC products in the world. You go shopping on there and I'll order you whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> Anything from psilocybin mushrooms to THC. <laughs> mushrooms. 
Sure. Heard a lot about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, oh, I had a thought. I don't know. Yeah. Just pull a Melanie. Yeah. Pull sure did. Jared, do you have, uh, should we enter our thing in jigger? I think because I haven't been timing us, but I think we're well over an hour now. Yeah, we are. But this was very insightful and I could keep talking. Yeah, we went from like religion to everything. So this was this was time well spent. Anyways. okay, do the segment. Let's go. Well, hold on. Oh, Jared. Hi. Hey, do you have any? First of all, while you close up with some final thoughts, we need you to think of a question that you're going to ask Kaylin and I to answer it for our segment of live Q and a with Mel and Kay. Oh, and this thought just came back to me. Um, Jared does an amazing job of calling me out on my shit. And he like, I really respect his opinion, even when I think it's wrong, but it always turns out to be exactly how he says, what was your analogy? Remember when you're like, I'm like an Eagle. I just have the, like, it's like a bird's eye view. Like I can see everyone can like you know when you're going through your life and you're going through the shit and you're just like i don't know what the fuck to do you're focused in ask a close friend because they can analyze your life from the top and be like they look in and be like oh it's this and you'll be like no it couldn't be you know like you don't want to believe it or what like it's it's usually that Mm -hmm. you know like you have a a better perspective on other people's shit Mm -hmm. like i feel like i can help people like i can't help myself (laughs) but i can help other people out you know yeah (laughs) and this is why folks you you hire a life coach because they can be that bird but jared is that triple r coaching what what (laughs) uh jared is that bird for me and i also have a life coach and a therapist but anyways um he's like you know i'll start dating someone and he'll be like i can see exactly how this is gonna go and like the part of me is just like i'm gonna prove him wrong (laughs) and And then then you you know what you're like shit he was right (laughs) (laughs) okay okay live q a with mel and k and jared okay Okay, question for us. Any question? Deep? Not so deep. First thing that comes. Oh, you just have to win for me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're waiting for you. Oh shit! I thought you asked us. Jump on and ask questions. (laughs) No, no, Jared. Um, I don't know. A question. Whatever Um, you doesn't even have to be what we've talked about today. Anything. If ifs and buts were candies and nuts, would we all have a Merry Christmas? <laughs> this is I like to ask myself that every time I'm high on mushrooms. If ifs and buts was candies and nuts, would we all have a Merry Christmas? You think about that one. We'll end on that note. Ask <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a real question. Actually, I really don't know. Just anything um which number which 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 podcast number are we on here how many episodes have you guys done this is number 12 this is the 12th episode yeah 12th episode shit son oh there you go hey mm-hmm. well congratulations on your 12th episode Thanks glad for- i could be here number thank 12. you and we have a photo shoot so we're going to be uploading new pictures <laughs> i got a sneak peek at some of those yep craziness <laughs> <laughs> my sister actually mm-hmm. thought we were she's like are you guys actually naked under the towel <laughs> like it basically was but no <laughs> hey we're all naked under our clothes so. 
And Jared knows what happens at the Stellar Hotel. So, uh, yeah, that's what we were flashing. That's what we were looking towards. (laughs) Anyways, Mm. all right. Any final thoughts, Jared? Mm. No, this was fun. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Caitlin, I have a question for you. Oh boy. So that you can answer. Okay. How are you feeling about New Zealand? Um fantastic. No, I don't know. Uh yeah, great. Um, everything has come together. I got travel insurance now. I know what I'm doing with my car. My cat's gone. They're like to a very safe and awesome home. And uh, yeah, things are falling into place. I haven't, uh, it's felt very overwhelming. Um, And now we're in Toronto. So that's, (laughs) my life's been a whirlwind. But um, I think once May hits, I can give you a definite answer about how I feel about New Zealand. (laughs) Let me get through Toronto first. (laughs) I know you don't need outside like validation or anything, but I am very proud of you because I know how hard this journey has been for you jumping in. And I mean, I'm very proud of you. I'm, I mean, I'm mad you're leaving, but I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, Kellen. Oh, wow, guys. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's, it's scary. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, everyone's like, oh my God, you're going to New Zealand. That's so cool. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm also leaving my comfort zone and all my favorite people. So it's, it's a duality of emotions. I've mm-hmm. never felt all of these things all at once for so many days. <laughs> it's a roller coaster, but I you're feel crushing it. Yeah, I feel a gut instinct to go there, so I'm just trusting it. All righty, I'm gonna stop this. Uh, you yeah. want to say your, you want to say your piece? Yeah, we're just ending it. Yeah. Thanks for stripping with us. Stay weird. <laughs>